sleeping on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, does a no. Headshot, case closed. What is up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realists. Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society. And welcome to motherfucking reality, guys. Today, we have Q&AF. That's where uh, you guys get to ask the questions, and we give you the answers. Now, you can submit those questions one of a couple different ways. The first way is... Guys, the first way is you can email your questions in to askandy at andyforsella.com. Or, now that we're on YouTube, you can go over to YouTube and uh, click subscribe and drop your comment in there on the Q&AF episode and ask your question in the comments and we'll pick some from there as well. Now, if you're new to listening to the show, there's multiple shows within the show. We have Q&AF, which is what you're about to hear. Then we have CTI, which stands for Cruise the Internet. That's where we put topics up on the screen. We talk about them. We speculate what's true, what's not true. And then we talk about what needs to be done to solve these problems by us. Other times, we have real talk. Real talk is just five to 20 minutes of me giving you some real talk. And then we have full length. Full length is very similar to what you see on most other podcasts where people just sit down and we have a conversation. And sometimes we have 75 hard verses. For those of you that don't know, I am the creator of the Live Hard program. The 75 Hard program, it is not a challenge, it is a program, it is available episode 208 on the Real AF audio feed, you can go there and listen to it to get it for free, or you can go to 75hard.com and get it for free, uh, if you need more information on it, you can buy the book, the book is available on my website, andyforsella.com, it's not required, the full program is available for free. With that being said... Understand, this is a personal development entrepreneurship show. We talk about how to win, how to kick ass, how to make money, how to be a bad motherfucker. The reason we talk about current events, CTI, is because you have to understand your environment to be able to produce the fruit that you're looking to produce. And if we don't protect freedom and we don't understand what's going on in the world and we don't take an active role in what's going on in the world, they will remove the ability for you to become the baller that you're trying to become. So, we talk about both on this show. It's peanut butter and jelly. And we have this thing called the fee. The fee is this. If you like the show, if it makes you think, if it teaches you new skills, if it gives you a new perspective, if it's a message that you think needs to be heard, share the show, all right? I don't run ads on the show because I don't want to answer any corporate assholes telling me what I can and can't say. I don't run ads for the show because I'm very proud of the show being spread by word of mouth. So... If you think the message needs to be heard, if you think the knowledge is worth sharing, please share the show. That's how we grow it, all right? So that's what we mean when we say pay the fee. All right. What's up? Hey, how's it going? It's going good, man. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I've been uh, <clears throat> dealing with vets for the last week or so. Yeah? Um, getting them all their health checks and stuff, dude. That shit gets, it can get pricey. Oh, fuck, bro. It can get fucking pricey. Yeah. And, Those uh, vets know people pay anything for their fucking animals. That's what it is. That, that, like, dude, it's a genius business to get into when, like, they're able to hit on emotional pain points. Bro, and they do it so effectively. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, and you must feed them our food, too, or your dog's going to fucking die. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it's like, bro, we make our dogs our regular food. Yeah, but this is better. It, it, it's four times more expensive, I understand. Shit. But do you really love your dog? <laughs> right? Like, it's a total guilt trip. It's like, holy shit, dude, man. man it's, dude, I, I'm in the wrong bit. We're in the I, wrong I business. I will say, my vet is very good. Yeah. I've had a very good vet. We've used this Tesson Ferry Vet Clinic since I was a little bitty kid, and they've always been great to us. Yeah, they, uh, they wouldn't take me. Huh? They wouldn't take me. That, well, you know, that's, there's white privilege. I couldn't get in the club. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I, could, I, I couldn't get in the club, man. Yeah. I wanted to, but yeah. couldn't get in. 
That's because they're good. <laughs> no, that's real they shit. They don't fucking do bullshit to people like what we're talking about. Get them in and out. Yeah. I like there because the the grooming's downstairs, right? Yeah. Like it's all in one building, yeah. which is perfect. Yeah. And the, the grooming uh, the grooming place is super nice too. Those people yeah. are great. Yeah, well, so. I'll, I'll just continue to work on the credit score. Maybe yeah. I can get in there a couple of months. Listen, something. we'll get you an intro. We'll get you, we'll get you a sit down. All right, we'll no guarantees. Sit, but. We'll get you. We'll get you worked into the the, the Tesson Ferry Vet Mafia. There we go. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that'll work, man. But yeah, no, everything else has been good, man. You've been good. Yeah, yeah, looking good. Yeah, you know, uh, I feel like them shirts are getting a little tight around the arms, there, man. Dude, you know my muscles finally coming back on. I, you know what. I fucked up phase one this weekend. I oh. fucking missed a workout on fucking Saturday and didn't even fucking realize it. Damn. Because of that shit that we, we had, had to, to do. do. Yeah. I didn't even fucking think about it, dude. Damn. Like, I and I can't believe it. I'm kind of like, what the fuck happened? How many days in? It was day 28. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and like, dude, I got done. Oh, like, man. I woke up in the morning and I was like. Something's off. No, I was thinking about it. And I'm like, oh, I did two yesterday, but I didn't. Oh, man. And yeah, I know. So it is what it is. I'm fucking start today's day yeah, one. Yeah, but again. I can't imagine that it, 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 hurt, it like fucks with you too much because you do this shit every day anyway, right? Like, I, you, look, dude, I like to fit. You you know how I like to do it, okay? I like to do. I do 75 hard a couple different times a year to participate with everybody that's doing it. Yeah, but I only do the live hard program and count it once a year, right? right? right. So I do 75 hard. I do that sober, okay? I do. When I say sober, I mean no marijuana, mm-hmm. okay, which I just completed. Then I have phase one with no marijuana, right? Mm-hmm. And I count that. And so when, when I do it that way, I only count it the times I don't smoke. So now I've got to start over with that, and it is what it is. But it's like, you know, I, yeah, I do it most of the time, all the time, but these are the times, these are the phases I was counting. That you make count. Yeah. Got it. So it's like, fuck. All right. Yeah. But it's cool, dude. Like, yeah. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Uh, no ganja July. It is what it is, bro. <laughs> Look, here's what it is. It's, I do the program as it's supposed to be done. And if I fucking fail, I start over the next day. Mm. Right? Like, it's not, uh, you know, a lot of people, when they fail the program, they say, oh, I'm going to give it a go in spring, or I'm going to give it a go next year. It's like, no, dude, the whole point of the program, that's a big part of it, is to start back over right then. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm doing. So today I'm starting over um, on day one. Yeah. So that's that. Well, that'll work, man. Yeah. Well, uh, it is, it is Q&A. Shit, I almost said CTI there. Mm-hmm. It is Q&A, so let's, let's make some people better, brother. I got some good questions for you, as cool. always. Uh, <clears throat> let's go with question number one. Andy. Andy, I was a lifelong Democrat. I'm also a heavily melanated American. It has become very obvious to me that the KKK Democratic Party is still focusing on slave chains. My question is, uh, because I feel politically homeless, where do I go? Uh, Is the Republican Party truly the best option just because they're the only other viable option? I want my vote to count, but I don't know where to count it well look man i don't like the republicans that much either okay when we're talking about who you're going to vote for i look at the people who represent as close to my value system as possible and i vote for them and a lot of people don't do that a lot of people say well i don't this person disagrees with me on the number of napkins that mcdonald's gives out with their with their cinnamon roll so fuck them right (laughs) And so this is what ends up, this is what keeps us in this perpetual cycle is the people who can't understand 
that if you do not vote, okay, for the party that represents you as close to you as possible, that's a vote for the other side. Mm -hmm. Okay, so saying I'm not going to vote. Now, this is assuming that our voting system is actually healthy and, and which I don't secure. Yeah. I personally don't believe it is, but I do believe that we still must vote for the party that is as close to our value system as possible. Not just don't vote because mm -hmm. if it comes out that it is compromised, the way it's going to come out that it's compromised is that so many people voted one way that it's impossible to deny that they're cheating, right? right so if right. people don't vote, it only helps them cheat. Right. So we have to be smart enough to understand, you know, there is, you know, if not everything is this or that, sometimes it's both, right? And so like a lot of, a lot of the conversation that's happening right now in society is, well, the vote doesn't matter because they're stealing the election. Okay, that, I actually think that that's true, personally. However, I'm going to continue to vote because the only way to prove that they're stealing the election is if everybody votes against what the fuck they're trying to do. Right. Okay. So it's an important part of discovering the fraud is to continuing to vote. And so like a lot of these black pill people like to say, oh, well, vote harder, bro. You, you guys are so fucking stupid. You don't even understand how this works. Okay. If we don't vote for the party that most clearly represents what we stand for as an individual and what we want in society and culture, and we just do not vote, then where's the evidence of them stealing the vote? Won't be there. Correct. Yeah, so we won't even have a chance. That, I know. That, that was proven in Chicago. I, I know. 13% voter, voter turnout. I know. You know. And we've got all these fucking idiots on the internet saying, I'm not voting for anybody. Fuck the voting. Voting's fraud. So I'm not voting. You're playing in to exactly what they want you to think. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have to vote for the people that most closely align, not the people who are perfect. Mm -hmm. All right. There's not going to be a perfect Republican that represents every single thing that I represent, okay? Even my friend, Eric Schmidt, who, mm -hmm. who I donated a million dollars to his campaign, who is now a United States Senator. Eric Schmidt and I align on like 90% of the things. No. You know what I'm saying? No. Like, he's a staunch pro-life person. I'm not, okay? You understand that? Right. So we have our differences, but I prioritize the things that I think are what I call above the line issues, right? Above the line issues are the issues that affect us the most often. These are the issues such as the economy, how much money you get to take home, the tax code, how much money does the government take from us? Crime, how bad is crime in your neighborhood, okay? When we talk about the, the above the line issues, we have to focus on the issues that make the most difference in our day-to-day -day life. The number one being crime and the number two really being the, uh, or I'm sorry, the number one being the economy and the number two being crime. Yeah. Those two things are the things that affect most Americans the most, right? And then what these talking heads and what the elite establishment does, the uniparty, which is comprised of both Democrats and Republicans, is they convince us to argue over things that may come into the conversation of our lives one or two times over the course of our entire life, like the issue of abortion, right? They use the issue of abortion to divide people left, right, as hard as they possibly can. But when we talk about abortions, how many times in your life has it really been an issue for you? Right. Not very many, how right? Is that really affecting your personal Correct. life? Correct. So we have to be smarter about which issues affect us and which issues are issues that 
are important, but not necessarily so much so where they affect us on a day-to-day basis. And we should prioritize which ones of those that we vote for every single time. And so when I look at the two parties, right, the Democrats clearly, for the most part, are radical left. They are interested in complete communism of the United States. It's not socialism. Remember, socialism is not an actual thing. Socialism is a thing that they bait people with to pull them into communism. Okay, it's a gateway to communism. There's no there's no set government standard where socialism becomes the way it is. Socialism is only a a carrot that we promise in order to get to communism. And people don't understand that. And it's been that way over fucking hundreds and hundreds of years in history. This is not this is historical fact. So. Their their economic plan is fucking horrible. Their tax plan is super oppressive. Their their crime plan is exactly what we're skidding right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And being a black American, which I think that's what he heavily said. melanated. Yep. Yeah. He said heavily, heavily melanated. <laughs> All right. I'm assuming that's black. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, unfortunately, the black community is getting to see this right up front in front of their face. Mm-hmm. But you have the Democrats coming in and saying that it's the Republicans doing it, but it's not the Republicans doing it. It never has been the Republicans doing it. And the idea that somehow in the 60s, the parties flipped is a complete fucking lie. Tell me which politicians flipped. Which ones? Okay, because Ulysses S. Grant, whose property I fucking live on, all right, was a member of what was called the Radical Republicans. And do you know what the Radical Republicans did? Hmm. They rode in on their horses onto the plantations and cut the heads off of the fucking plantation owners and freed the fucking slaves, okay? And so for 150 years, 200 years almost, that party has been on the side of America being a place, just like Martin Luther King said, where we are judged on the content of our character, all men are created equal. The idea that America is, is was supposed to be founded upon, okay? That no matter where you come from, no matter what your history, no matter what your religion, no matter who you are or what race you are, we have equal opportunity in this country. And that's the party that's always fought for that. And you are consistently propagated with lies. And if you look just below the lies, you can see the evidence of what is actually happening. And what's actually happening is what we talk about on the show all the time, which is where every two years, every four years, Democrats come into the cities and they say, hey, black people, we're going to fix all of your stuff that the white people are fucking up for you and the Republicans are fucking up for you, vote for us. Then they, you guys vote for them. They go into Washington. They make laws and do things that actually make the situation worse because they know if they make the situation worse, they can tell you the same story again in another two years and you'll vote for it. And that's what's been going on. So, and it's just like he said in the question, he's been seeing it. So, you know, we, we and this doesn't matter if you're black or white or whoever, you should vote, absolutely vote. You should vote for the party that's, that represents most of what aligns with you, okay? That makes sense, right? Yeah. Like if the Democrats align 30% and the Republicans align 70%, who the fuck do you vote for? You vote for the Republicans, okay? And then also, we should vote for the individual candidates that put the above-the-line issues that affect us on a daily basis above the line, Mm -hmm. all right, and make that the priority. 
an easy way to tell who's who in terms of the establishment versus actual real life politicians is the establishment politicians talk consistently about below the line issues that we very rarely have to deal with over the course of our lives and that we argue about the most, right? Mm -hmm. Because that, that spurs the division and that's, that's what they want. So if you want to identify who's on your side, identify the people who are willing to fix and follow up with actions, the issues that affect us the most on a day-to-day basis, which is the economy, which is crime. And, you know, really below that, I think, you know, there's others like immigration is a big deal right now. Right. Um, Much bigger deal than abortions. It just is. And people get upset when you hear that. Like, dude, a woman might have a situation where she considers getting an abortion twice in her life. Maybe. Unless you're like one of these fucking weirdos who like brags about how many abortions they got. Mm -hmm. Like, bitch, pull the fucking dick out. You know what I'm saying? Like, holy shit, man. Like, what the fuck? Do you like going and getting this done? Like, I actually am not someone who's who's going to tell people they can't do that because the reality is, is do you really want those people to replicate anyway? Okay, so I never understood the argument of trying to stop someone from getting the abortion in the first place because what you're actually doing is you're allowing them over the course of 20, 30 years to remove themselves from the population because they're not procreating and they're the people that bring the most pain into society anyway. It's a great point. I know it is. It's a great point. But everybody <laughs> wants to be the moral fucking champion of the world. How about you just let them take care of their own shit and in 20 years they won't exist? Yeah. I don't know. Makes sense to me. So anyway, though that's how I would choose who to vote for. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but that's how I would choose. It. I, I, want, I want to follow up. I want to ask you because he mentions talking about viable options, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, fortunately, unfortunately, however people look at it, we're we're in a, a a two party system right now. Yes. So, going outside of those lines is that I mean, is that a smart thing to do? Is it is that no. another wasted vote? Yes, because look, dude. Like for example, people are like, Andy, you should run for president. Why would I want to run for president, bro? I would get enough votes to fuck up the whole situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like. Those votes should go to the person who has a chance to win so that we can actually have a chance to fix the country. I'm not there yet. Mm. I don't have enough horsepower yet, right? So, so like third-party candidates that sound good, like, like, like libertarian candidates, for example, right? Like a lot of times people are like, oh, bro, the libertarian candidate's the best. Not really, okay? Because they can't win. And because they can't win, what you're doing is you're taking votes from away from the party that could win and actually have a chance to improve some things. Yeah. All right. So it has to be a viable option. It can't be just, you know, no vote or, you know, I'm voting for Andy because I like Andy. Like that's, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm voting saying? for the green party. No. What yeah, the bro. Fuck is it, that? Yeah. <laughs> it's it, that's how we get fucked up. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's. I think that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because a vote for, for a candidate that can't win is the same as not voting. I love it. Love that. Andy, guys, question number two. Uh, Andy, you talk about the importance of visualizing uh, as well as putting in daily work towards your goals. Uh, I've been using the powerless daily and stacking wins towards my goals. However, I still struggle with visualizing. Some days I'm able to do it without any problems, and some days I have a hard time visualizing just because of all the other stress in my life. If I were to average it out, I'd say I'd visualize at least three times a week for about 10 minutes a day. Is this enough, 
Or should I be putting more effort into visualizing daily? I, I think it needs to be every day. Uh, now, look, when I talk to you about this, I'm talking from a perspective what I've done and what works for me because the science around this particular topic is very cloudy. Okay. Mm. It's not very d- d- deep, like finite. Yeah. It's, it's arguable. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when we talk about quantum physics and metaphysics, there's a lot of science that shows that we create ideas in the mind and they actually become physical things. And then we can bend our reality through our thoughts, which I am a complete believer in. However, when I talk to you and I say, you, you ask me how many times a week is enough, I don't actually know because we, none of us know. Science doesn't know, right? So I'd be making it up if I were to say, hey, seven days a week is optimal. Like, I don't fucking know, <laughs> right? But here's what I do know. I know what I've done, all right? And I've made it a habit in my own life to visualize every single day, every single day. And what you have to remember is, is that visualizing is no different than any other skill set that you are working to have, right? Um, working out every single day, that's a habit that you create. And in the first week or the first month or the first three months, it's pretty hard. But after it becomes part of what you do, not only is it easy to do, but you become better at it. Mm-hmm. Visualization is no different. It's no different than running, right? You go out and try to run a mile the first time, you fucking die. Right. But if you stay at it in a year, you'd be running marathons. Mm-hmm. Right. Visualization is no different. It's a skill set that you must develop. And the way that you develop is by doing it more and more frequently and demanding your brain to focus on it. And so this is why when you say, oh, I've only doing it three days a week, you know, that's a good start. But like on the days that you don't really have the focus to do it, I think it's real important that you force yourself to focus to do it because that's what actually develops the skill set. Mm-hmm. So think of it like a skill. Think of it as no different than anything else. The more you do it, the better you're going to get. The first day you show up to hit a golf ball, you probably can't hit it. But if you take golf lessons for 10 years, you're going to be pretty good at fucking golf. All right? So visualization is just like that. The more you do it, the better you get, the more effective it becomes. I do it every single day. And by the way, there's other ways to do it besides just closing your eyes and visualizing too, right? There's there's other ways to visualize. Like one of the ways that I visualize is that I do what I call window shopping, all right? Mm-hmm. I go on like DuPont Registry or James Edition or, uh, you know, Realtor.com and I look at real estate, I look at cars, I look at boats, I look at the shit that would be available to me at the level that I want to be at, right? And I've always done that. And now my life is pretty much resembles all of that stuff, but I still do it because I still have a further way to go. So instead of me looking at Lamborghinis now, you know, now I'm looking at 250 GTOs, which are $70 million, right? Instead of me looking at a Midnight Express boat, which I have, uh, I'm looking at $500 million yachts. Not saying that I'd ever want to buy one, but Mm. I would like to be on the level to buy one. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So I visualize myself on the, at this level and then, everything else kind of sucks up behind it and you actually become it. Yeah. So no matter where you're at in life, you should visualize the next step. Just because you visualize, you know, whatever, doesn't mean you have to go do that, but don't you want to be the person that has the option to do it? You see what I'm saying? Sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's a mix of, of visualizing in your brain, like before you go to bed, like we talk about, 
window shopping, okay? And then also, the third part is surrounding yourself with people who are on the same mission. Because if you surround yourself, this is why Arte Syndicate is such a powerful group. When you surround yourself with people who are on the same mission, who are looking to level up, the conversation naturally always revolves around leveling up, all right? Like when I sit down with Ed Milet or when I sit down with Alex Hermosi or when I sit down with any of my successful friends, we're not talking about what the Kardashians are doing. We're not talking about like what's going on in the world. We're talking about how to level the fuck up, right? And being surrounded by that but with also visualizing and then also window shopping for me has created the right recipe. And that's what I would consider for, for you guys. And like I said, I can't scientifically break it out and say, this is the way it is because no one knows how it is. But I know this, it works for me. I love that. I think it'll work for you. I love that. And I, quickly, I want to ask you, uh, what's been... What? What you got there? This is not an ad. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> no, but I want, I want to ask you, what's been the most recent thing that you visited? If it was, though. <laughs> if it was an ad. I'd be happy to do it for this amazing orange sunrise first form energy drink. Dude, when's the grape coming? The grape is coming. Yeah, when? I made it just for you. I know. I'm, I'm saying. Yeah, it's fucking amazing, too. You've already fucking tried it? Yeah. How did I not get the quality test? Because like, you don't know what's good. I know what's good. <laughs> I'm experienced. You see this gray? <laughs> yeah, right, right. That gives me the authority. Got it. I'm got telling it. you, you're going to be happy. All right. All right, dude, we got this. We got this. Uh, we got this flavor, Screaming Freedom, coming out. Oh, that sounds bro! Good. It's so good. That sounds good. So good. I'm super excited about this project. <laughs> uh, but but I do want to ask you. So so uh, because I've I've seen visualization uh, manifest within minutes sometimes. Yeah, since, since I've been around. Mm -hmm. What's been the most recent thing? Uh, not necessarily recently that you visualized and it happened. But like, what's been the most recent fruit of visualization? Whether, I mean, it's something you've been visualizing for years coming into fruition. What's been the most recent thing off the top of your head? Man, no one can see it yet. So they're not gonna like believe me when I say it, but mm -hmm. like, <clears throat> you know, how I've talked about First Form becoming the next American iconic brand, like a Nike. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can, none of the shit has really been launched because we have the new buildings still under construction. But the way that all these pieces are fitting together um, on the backside, I mean, they're going to have their fucking hands full. Oh, man. Okay. So that's probably been the, the latest thing. Because I've thought that if you guys have come to see me speak or been involved in Arate, you know, I've talked about this for years and years and years and years and years. And, uh, and I'm, not say, I'm not saying they're not a million times better than us right now, bigger than us. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you this, they're not a million times better than us. Mm -hmm. And we have things that we're willing to do that they can't do. And I'm confident in our ability to execute that, our play that we're going to run. And I'm getting excited about that. Um, you know, another thing is, you know, just me getting back to somewhat of a physical uh you know in physical condition after this injury because like dude this injury I, I couldn't do anything so i lost everything and i'm you know it's not like i'm fucking 25 anymore right so i had a lot of doubts about whether or not i could actually get back but because i visualized it every day and i was willing to put the work behind it you know i'm not far off from being back there uh and i know i'm going to surpass that so that's exciting to me too but those two things um and if I thought about it, I'm sure I could think of some other things, but those yeah. two things for sure. I love it, man. 
but but here's the thing neither one of those things were work free like they i had to work my ass off along with it right yeah. that's the thing that people don't understand about visualization just thinking about it isn't going to do it for you it's like 50 50 yeah you have to do the visualization and then you have to follow it back up with the actual work that is going to get you to that spot and so that's the key that a lot of these spiritual type gurus on the internet who tell you all this idealistic bullshit are missing. Like it's not going to be, uh, think about being a billionaire and then you just become a billionaire, bro. Right. It's not how the fuck it works. You know what I'm saying? You have to go every day and you have to become that person who, who would live that life. You know, and I think that's a big thing that people miss as well, bro. A lot of people think, how can I get there instead of thinking, who do I have to become for that life to materialize around me? Mm. And that's how you have to think about it. I love that, man. I love that. Uh, guys, Andy, our third and final question. Question number three. Andy, I own a small health restoration office uh, with one part-time employee and one full-time employee. My part-time employee has been with me the longest um, and has grown a lot. She's made it uh, known that she would like more acknowledgement for a job well done or going above and beyond sometimes. How do you help bring recognition to your employees without feeling like you have to bend over backwards for them uh, to be a hardworking, good energy part of the team? Well, first of all, <clears throat> you know, you have to understand that what re where what you feel the reward to be for you and what they feel the reward to be for them could be two completely different things because many people are driven by different things. Mm. And there's a saying that um, is very, very old is that people will work for money, but they'll kill for recognition. Mm. All right. And so what you have to understand as the owner of your company is that your reward is the growth and the equity and the money that you're going to make. And their reward is the recognition generally right now. You have to back it up with money too, but most of the people out there are recognition driven. I don't give a fuck about recognition. In fact, I would rather people not notice me. All right. And I know that sounds funny doing this show and all this shit, but here's the thing. I feel obligated to do this. But if you looked at how many times I actually left my house, you'd realize that I prefer to be left the fuck alone. So I don't care about recognition. I don't care about celebration. I don't care about those things, but most people do. And so what you have to realize is that if you work it in to your ability uh, as a leader to recognize people the right way, um, it makes your job easier because those people are happier and they're more willing to do the job. So like when you say, oh, how do I not feel like uh, I'm bending over backwards? What fucking difference does it make to bend over backwards to make someone feel like they're fucking like they did a good job if they did a good job, say if they're doing the if job. they did a good job. Yeah. All right. A lot of people want to be recognized for just doing their job. Guess what, motherfucker? That's what I fucking pay you for. Okay. To get recognition, that means you have to do above and beyond. That's the thing. And I think that's a big delineation that is that needs to be made for both employees and leadership in any organization. We have a lot of employees now who feel like that they should be fucking celebrated for doing the basic shit correctly. And the reason that that's become the culture in most companies is because people can't get people to do the basic shit anymore. So what they do, they celebrate when they do. And you shouldn't do that because that lowers the standard for everything. And yeah, people will bitch and yeah, people will whine and yeah, yeah, yeah. But the reality is, is if you actually genuinely reward people for when they go above and beyond, 
the whole standard of everybody else watching will raise because they understand that the recognition comes whenever you exceed expectations, yeah. which is reality. Okay, you don't get uh, you don't get the World Series championship parade for finishing fucking last. It doesn't happen. Okay, <laughs> you don't get paid a hundred a fucking two hundred million dollar contract in sports when you're not producing statistical results. Okay, so so if you want to look at how reality is, you can really actually just look at sports because sports don't do shit based upon anything other than meritocracy. Okay, if you rush for two thousand yards, motherfucker, you're getting paid. You're winning some awards too. Okay, might get a fancy jacket if you hit. <laughs> yeah, if you hit sixty home runs, people are gonna fucking clap. They're gonna buy your shit. You're gonna get a big contract. Mm -hmm. All right, but if you hit twenty. And you walk in the clubhouse and you say, oh, I deserve to be recognized for hitting 20. Everybody's just saying, shut the fuck up. All right. So sports are really the last refuge of reality of how things actually work. And if you translate that environment into the workplace, that's how it works too. Unless you work for one of these big Fortune 500 companies that does all the ESG, DEI, CEI bullshit where they promote people for fucking having a pulse. All right. <laughs> That's not, that's not your business. That's not my business. And we should, as leaders, do everything that we have to do to make sure it never becomes our business because that kind of leading and that kind of celebrating mediocrity leads to mediocre operation and less than mediocre profits, which means you can't employ people and you can't pay them and everybody loses. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's keep that in mind. Who wins from that? Nobody. Who loses from that? Everybody. All right, so... I have no problem celebrating people. Well, actually, I do because I'm not good at it because I don't need it. So we have other people here that, you know, are, are good at recognizing. Um, and the people that deal with me directly, they kind of all know what the fuck they get. Hmm. Like, I don't really give a fuck. I really don't. Like, dude, if you're, if you're talking to me directly in my companies, that means you're already doing a great job. And that's understood. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. So... It's, I reward those people with fucking pay. Like I would want to be rewarded. But it's also how they want, they like to be rewarded too, right? I'm sure they don't hate it. Yeah, they want money. <laughs> right. Yeah. But let me ask you this, right? So, so, because you, you mentioned a little bit about raising the standards, right? Um, or I guess you, you, you actually talked about it in the way, like, you know, how you do that can actually lower the standards. So let me ask you this. Let's say you have an employee um, and you catch them going above and beyond, let's say four times, right? in one year. Okay. Is this a conversation? Like, how do you, like, is this a conversation that you or the leadership would have with that person and being like, okay, well, listen, I see that you're able to do this. You've done this this many times. Your standard is now up here now, which means now going above and beyond is going to look something a little bit higher than that. Like, like how do you, how would you approach that? That, I don't think that's the leadership's job to approach. I think that's the employee's job to understand how to approach the subject. Hmm. Okay. If you're a great employee of any organization that goes above and beyond, you should be keeping track of the things that go above and beyond. So that way, when you do have a conversation about your future with the company, you can sit down and you can statistically show, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. The norm of these four things is much less than that and have examples of that, not in a talk shit, throw people under the bus way, but in just a very matter of fact, truth way. Okay. Mm -hmm. So make your case. I've done this. Then say, I want to do this. And I think my pay should be this. Okay. So now you're in a position of leverage over your employer. All right. 
to where you could say, I've done this and this and this and this and this, and I would like to do this now, and then I would like to earn X more money. And that's how you progress your career. And if you're not in an organization that allows you to do those things, then you should find an organization that does allow you to do those things. Because I know a lot of people will hear what I just said. That's not how it works here. Well, guess what, motherfucker? You might be in the wrong place. Okay? Like, or, or you're really not just... You could be full of shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come on. Yeah. I yeah, mean, we got to be honest. I mean, that, that's, the, that's a big problem. Yeah. You know, you could be the kind of person that thinks they deserve a fucking ticker tape parade for showing the fuck up to work. Right? You probably got a 17th place trophy back in T-ball. Okay? Audit yourself. Ask yeah. yourself reality. Did you hit 60 home runs? Or did you hit 20 and asking to be treated like you hit 60? Mm. All right? Because most of you guys do that shit. The ones who win hit the 60. They keep track of their shit. They come in and they say, hey, boss, I'm kicking ass, bro. You can't deny it. Here's what it is. I would like to do this for you, but it's going to cost this much more because I want to earn some more money. And then the boss says, I hate the term boss, but it yeah. resonates with people. They understand yeah. what the fuck it means. Uh, the boss says, okay, cool. But now the standard's here. And so, so your question is more so a two-step answer, right? Part of that onus is on the employee to make the case and then take the initiative to make the route of where they're going to go build the rest of the, their value at. And, yeah. and ideally, that would be in some way, uh, you know, that brings the comp- moves the needle forward. Okay, then you get your you get your new set of responsibilities and then it's up to the boss to say, all right, cool. This is great. Works out for both of us. But guess what? You're not coming back to me in fucking six months and saying you're doing the same shit you did now and getting fucking any kind of credit with me. Right. It's going to have to be here. Right. Okay. And so you set those expectations up front. But dude, when those expectations are set up front, everybody loves it because they know exactly what the fuck they got to do. And the reality is, is most leaders suck and most employees are off base with the reality of the of the what they produce inside the system. You have to be telling the truth. Okay, did you hit sixty or did you hit twenty? Did you rush for two thousand or did you rush for eight hundred? Big fucking difference. Massive differences. Okay? Yeah, I fucking love that man, guys. Andy, that was three. Go pay the fee. Sleeping on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in the cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, does a no, headshot, case closed, closed.